Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio and a very happy start of the summer to you. The birds are chirping and the flowers are blooming and it's slowly heating up. But we are firing up the grill, no doubt, and that makes me happy. This is your culinary and lifestyle show where I'm delivering deliciousness every weekend. So please mark your calendar and be sure to tune in. If you happen to have missed a show, don't worry. My podcasts are posted on iTunes and you can find a direct link at chefjamie.com where you'll also find an arsenal of recipes to fill every day with fabulous flavor. Of course, you'll find my daily dish on social Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. But I welcome you to the best culinary conversation on the radio because the deliciousness starts right here and right now. So whether you love to cook or love to eat, you can definitely take your cooking skills to the next level just by staying tuned. Let me set the table for you. Coming up in a little bit, he is the best chuck wagon cook I know. In fact, he's the best chuck wagon cook anybody knows. He is the much-loved cowboy Kent Rollins. Yes, and he's all about faith, family, and the feast. And he believes in feeding your crew from the grill, from the garden, from the cast iron skillet. And he is an absolute extraordinary talent When it comes to outdoor cooking, you will not want to miss the conversation with a gentleman I am so proud to call my friend, Kent Rollins, coming up. Also, David Leet is stopping by once again, and I'm always delighted when he does because I learned something new, and you will too. Have you made a smash burger lately? Well, we're going to take that iron skillet, that cast iron to a whole new level because your burger has never been better. So don't touch your dial because there's a whole hour of absolutely scrumptious, scintillating discussion to have. But let's kick it off with a tutorial of sorts, if you don't mind. I like to start off this show with my best chef's tips and tricks, insight, and uh, valuable information that will make you the best cook you know. And sizzle and smoke are two of my favorite things about summer. I love the sizzle of the grill, the flavor that it imparts, and that relaxed feeling that it lends to entertaining, and then the incredible smells that drift off from my Twin Eagles barbecue. Now, the wonderful thing about grilling we all know is that there's very little preparation necessary, right? Because grilling takes just minutes. And even if you've marinated your meats or pre-skewered, you're better set, in fact, to just grill and eat to your heart's content. So some quality ingredients, and you can be grilling dishes that come alive with flavor tonight. Now, I believe that every great cook and barbecue master should have a few signature recipes that always wow a crowd. And as a chef, you can imagine, the questions that I get the most are, Oh, what are your favorite summer recipes? Or what do you love to throw on the grill? Or um, I often get the comment like, well, we can never have you to dinner. And the truth is, I love when other people cook, but I do love to gather around my barbecue, welcome friends to my backyard, 
and really sip and savor those moments. And every year I come up with or develop or research uh, and test, of course, new recipes that I add to my repertoire. But I always have some good old standbys. And so when I'm asked, what are your favorite recipes to grill? These are my top five perfect recipes off the grill, I should say, because they're the ones that I say, you have to try this. And you can be a grill master in your own backyard or your patio in no time. These are the recipes that I keep on hand that will make you a culinary hero. So number one is the perfect ribeye steak with what I call cassis caramelized onions. So you want to buy a good quality ribeye steak, of course, and allow time for the grill to come up to high heat. Um, I do season my grill. I will season it with some sort of oil, brush it with a towel uh, because it gives me additional stick resistance. And I do clean my grill once it's hot one last time before I grill again, day after day, of course. You want to, of course, create flawless steakhouse grill marks, right? So what I recommend you do is imagine a good old-fashioned clock when you were in school, the round one on the wall years ago. You take that ribeye steak and you choose a point and you set the steak on the grill facing 11 o'clock on a round old-fashioned clock. You let the meat sear in the juices. You resist the urge to flip. And then you turn the steak, that point that you've chosen to one o'clock on a round old fashioned clock on the wall. And when you turn it over, you have the perfect steakhouse grill marks. That is the crisscross pattern that every grill master aspires to. Now cook your steak to the desired temperature. I actually set up a two zone fire on my grill where I heat up one side of my gas grill super hot and the other side I leave off in fact so that I can move my steak to cook slowly and close the grill in fact to get to the desired doneness. You want to of course keep from puncturing the meat so please use tongs and in the meantime while your steak is cooking I put a cast iron skillet on the grill and I start with olive oil and thinly sliced red onions And once they get tender and caramelized, I throw a pat of butter in there too because I believe everything is better with butter. Then I add creme de cassis, a little bit of grenadine, and red wine. Those three liquids combined, cassis, grenadine, and red wine, create an onion marmalade that is out of this world for topping that incredible ribeye. And so that is number one on my go-to list for my... Top five recipes off the grill. Now, number two, who loves nachos? I never met anybody that didn't love nachos. I like to grill any sort of steak and make grilled steak and green chili nachos. And I fire roast the chilies on the grill. Cook your steak however you like it. Uh, Could be grilled sirloin, could be filet, could be that ribeye, right? Could be leftover steak, in fact. And of course, you want to let your steak rest, by the way. Always, no matter what it is you're making, a good five minutes before you slice it. And then I roast a couple of green chilies on the grill until their skins are charred, poblano or pasillo. Half a cup of canned roasted green chilies will substitute here. I make a simple chipotle crema by mixing together sour cream, mayonnaise, and adobo sauce from a can of chipotles in adobo with a little lime juice. And then, of course, 
I take huge handfuls of corn chips and I put them in a disposable aluminum tray and I layer with shredded cheese and I throw it on the grill till the cheese is melted. Then I top it with that cooked steak. I serve it with that chipotle crema, maybe guacamole and salsa too. And there is only one word for those nachos and that is killer. They are, they're just killer nachos. Now, I happen to love a cedar plank salmon, and that is my number three of my top five recipes off the grill. The recipe is posted at chefjamie.com, and I make this beautiful maple glaze because I think maple syrup is for far more than breakfast, so I use it year-round. The maple glaze is luscious, and the best chef's tip I can give you is when it comes to salmon on a plank, you must soak it. Soak the plank in water for at least 30 minutes before grilling, preferably longer, to ensure that you get the most smoke and flavor without all the fire. And there's just something special about cedar plank salmon, don't you think? All right. I happen to love a tri-tip. I'm a California girl. It's a summer cut, I call it. It feeds a crowd. It's always juicy. The leftovers make great sandwiches. And so I make a tri-tip with grilled corn salsa. And I grill the corn, slice it off the cob, and then um, throw in all your favorite salsa ingredients, right? Could be diced red onion or chopped scallions, maybe some jalapeno, diced bell pepper, a little bit of cilantro, squeeze of lime, dash of olive oil, salt and pepper. And you've got a grilled corn salsa that's great for chips, but even better for that sliced tri-tip. And I don't think that the tri-tip needs a whole lot of work except for... I happen to love mine teriyaki style. So whether you make your own ultimate homemade teriyaki or you buy a good quality store-bought brand, that teriyaki tri-tip with grilled corn salsa is pretty yummy. So here's wishing you delicious dishes that come alive with smoky flavor all summer long. I will continue to share my best recipes, but you heard it here. Those were my top five. And I hope that they turn out as splendidly for you as they do for me. There are thousands of recipes for free at chefjamie.com and you'll find lots of grilling goodness, so please check it out. All right, there's lots more summer conversation to come. Kent Rollins, cowboy extraordinaire, is sitting down to dish. Right after this break, you don't want to miss it. You can tell how excited I am, can't you? Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Be right back. Sharpen your cooking skills and please your palate. Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Every once in a while, you meet someone that stays with you. Their warmth exudes from them like light and you never forget them. And that such man for me is Kent Rollins. Cowboy cook Kent Rollins is much beloved for his Western wit and wisdom and his relaxed home-cooked recipes. Kent and Shannon are the popular duo behind the YouTube channel Kent Rollins Cowboy Cooking and the authors of the much-lauded A Taste of Cowboy. Their newest cookbook, just released, entitled Faith, Family, and the Feast, is a celebration of the many blessings, the camaraderie, and the fabulous food that Kent has cooked on the open plain from Branson, Missouri, all the way to the Big Apple. 
You've seen him and loved him on the Food Network, CBS This Morning, and everywhere in between. And I am so delighted, I can't even tell you, that Kent is back with his Chuck Wagon inspiration and his undeniable Southern charm. Congratulations to you, my friend. The new book is so full of love, and I'm so excited to catch up with you again. Oh, Jamie, darling, it is my <laughs> pleasure. Thank you for taking time out of your day oh. to have us on. And uh, mm. it is uh, it is something that me and Shan worked hard on, this new book. Yes. But it's, uh, it's a love of labor, and I guess when you, when you have one of them, you really don't work at all because it's something that comes from the heart you want to do. Do you know that since I met you more than 20 years ago, you've said that same thing, that everything you do has been that labor of love. And it's so extraordinary to me that you have been able to maintain through, I think, the most positive outlook, a really beautiful view of life and blessings. Tell me how you and Shannon are. Are you healthy and safe? Is all good in Oklahoma? Everything is good as gold where we are. Good. uh, As as we think every day, it's a great day above the grass every day. Hmm. We're blessed to have it. We Never take anything for granted and uh, always glad just to have another opportunity to either share some food or share a story with somebody, but mostly mm. just to enjoy what's coming along. And, and sure, you know, it's we're a little small place that time has sort of passed by, and uh, we've not really been affected by it here so much. Sure, we had a book tour that canceled, but uh, oh. we just keep on keeping on and uh, cooking something every day and enjoying life. And you're going to reschedule that book tour, I'm sure, because this book is uh, getting a lot of buzz for a lot of reasons. The stories that you share in it from all of the time on the planes, which is so extraordinary to me, we'll get to. But I have to ask you, I had no idea that Shannon was a photographer, certainly not to the, this, this level. The photographs in the book are brilliant well she's uh she's took so many pictures on different ranches where we were at and uh this is just like our first cookbook it's totally us we we wrote it all we took all the pictures Hmm. uh it's something that we did all on our own and um she always asked her i said what's easier to shoot uh cowboys or food and she said cowboys and scenery are a whole lot easier to shoot but uh a lot of them too Jamie, we're took on an iPhone. You know, I, I knew you were going to say that, and I think it's funny, Kent, only because you just said that time sort of passed over you there. But what is she using? I know that my listeners will want to know. Oh, uh, we have a Canon EOS, but also she uses an iPhone 11 that we took a lot of those with. And, hmm. and we have an iPhone 11 Plus, and that's what we shoot all our videos with. We had a fancier camera, but... Uh, nothing can really just match what we got with it. It's portable, uh, yeah. something that you can take with you nearly anywhere. And I, um, I never thought I'd be a feller that relied on a phone very much. And sure, I've been in a lot of places where you don't have signal for five and a half weeks, and sometimes <laughs> that's a blessing. But uh, the camera on these things are remarkable. Yeah, really amazing. The The photographs give you a sense of what ranch life is like and the joy that comes from families and friends gathering together over a meal. I I mean, to see these beautiful photographs of of the horses and the cowboys uh, really, I felt, took me to that place where, you know, you were 
cooking a, a pasture and pond and jacked up peaches. We wanted everybody, if they bought this cookbook, well, both of them, but uh, especially this last one, whether you cooked a recipe out of there or not, it made you feel like when you opened the book, whether you shared through the stories or the pictures, that you were there. You know, mm-hmm. we said in the intro, it's uh, you sort of like a Norman Rockwell painting where we're going to take you back through all that. And uh, it's a slower time, a slower pace, but it's always been simple, you know, and we try to serve cowboys really good. They were the greatest experimentation I ever had in my life because when you're 70 miles from the nearest eating joint or town, uh, they ain't got nowhere else to go. Uh, So you figure out what they like, and when you come back with a clean plate and they get seconds and thirds, well, you know it's a keeper. Yeah, no doubt. And so many of the recipes were sort of trial and error, right? I, I've gone page yeah. by page and, and slobbered on all the, the pages. Um, but I, I started it at breakfast in Faith, Family, and the Feast. And I thought, did you, Kent Rollins, really make Benedict? I did. <laughs> you know, it, it sort of changed. Uh, I, I was in, in fact, I was in New York City the first time I ever had eggs Benedict. Shan was telling me I always need to broaden my palate. And to me, a pallet was always something you stack something on. Uh, but it's uh, it's a thing that I really liked. And I told her, I said, someday I'm going to create my own version of that, which is a, a soft-boiled egg wrapped in dough and then fried. And then you have this great lemon sauce that goes on top of it. And uh, we have it here about once a month just for a special occasion. Yeah, I love it. I love that it's your twist, of course. And it's not the traditional per se, right? Uh, you yes. you have found a way because when you talk about being so far away from you know civilization per se, you find a way to make it work. And I, I think it's such a grand lesson for all of us, and especially right now, right? I think we're being more experimental in the kitchen by force alone, because we might have had to substitute ingredients or cook from the pantry as we shelter at home safer. And I will say it's brought out the best in so many great cooks. But I think of you and Chuck Wagon cooking that way. If you run out of something or you need to improvise in some way, you've often told me over the years that that dish turned out better than you ever could have imagined. It will. You know, at times I've been places and... um you get to thinking, oh, I run off and forgot this, or somebody didn't bring it to me from headquarters, so what are you going to use? And you find out what blends together that you might not thought would, thought would work at all. Mm. You know, when we made the, the roasted root beer caramelized potatoes and onions, um, mm. I didn't know that it would work, but I'm thinking, I'm going to give it a try. And them cowboys eat everything we put on the plate that day, but they did ask for that again. So I knew it was something that was a keeper, and... Uh, you never know what you're going to get till you just experiment a little. Okay, that was one of the recipes I rabbit-eared on both sides of the page, Kent, to make. Kent, I can't let you go. I love when we catch up. Will you please stay with us so we can take a quick break, come back, and talk more chuck wagon cooking? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I would love it. Kent Rollins is here. He is truly the ultimate cowboy cook. And the new book just released, Don't Go Away, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. More after this.
We're back and we're dishing Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Passing on the blessings from living in a small rural cowboy community. The food, the stories, the feeling of a happy heart, as Kent Rollins calls it. The new book release, Faith, Family, and the Feast. I have to tell you, this is one you will treasure for a very long time. Kent Rollins grew up ranching, began cooking for cattle ranches in 1993 from an 1876 Studebaker chuck wagon. And I had the privilege of meeting him in 1996 and I'm proud to call him my friend. Along with Kent uh, Shannon, his wife, uh, they have a YouTube channel with almost a million subscribers, just to give you an idea of how truly fabulous his food is. And we're continuing the culinary conversation. Kent, can you talk cast iron, please? Because there's not much you don't do in cast iron. It's, it's very beloved to you, right? And there's a, a really, I think, important and wonderful piece in the book where you talk about caring for cast iron, seasoning it, uh, how, how to hold on to it, essentially. It is probably the thing that uh, has graced uh, my family and I hope for, for years to come. Is, is, uh, there's always been cast iron. Yeah. Uh, I've never known another skillet ever set foot in my house or in my camp. And hmm. uh, we Amazing. did, uh, since we talked last, Jamie, and set this up, we did go over a million subscribers, I think, that. We have a million two hundred thousand. Congratulations! Well deserved. We thank we thank all the people for watching. But we have a large cast iron crowd that goes with us, and uh, it is one of the things. Cast iron. When people think about it, they think, "Oh, that's sort of an intimidating thing. You have to take care of it. You have to do this. You have to do that." First of all, you need to know that it is an investment. Yes. The more you put into it, the more you're going to get back out of it, and you'll never wear it out. It'll outlive every one of us if we take care of it. And I always just season mine. I mean, start with mine really good and clean. If it's a brand new skillet, uh, I give it a scrubbing with good soap and water and then rinse it out really well. Uh, set it on a, ho- a heat source to where it gets good and dry. Smart. And uh, then I begin to season. I'll preheat the oven to about 350 to 375. And I really have become a fan of avocado oil here at late. I've always used grape seed because it had a high smoke point and builds up a great foundation in cast iron. But usually bake it in the oven that way after you put uh, a little dab of oil in it. don't take much. A lot of people over-season and they get a gummy mess when they start. Uh, so wipe out that excess, slap it in that oven, let it go for about an hour, turn it off, let it come to room temperature. And I'll usually do this three times before I ever start to use it and then I try to deep fry it, whether it's uh, fried potatoes or something like that, because it's really good on new iron if you can deep fry something in it. Very smart. And then how often do you repeat that process to maintain your cast iron? After I get it seasoned well, every time I use it, I re-season. You know, when you cook something in it, I immediately clean it right then when I'm finished. It'll always clean easier, and usually that's just with hot water and a soft bristle brush put it back on that burner and uh, let, it, let it get hot and make sure that it's good and dry. Uh, put you a little dab of oil in there and right when that oil begins to smoke, just turn it off, wipe it down good, and you're good to go. People mm. say, how many times do you re-season? I said, every time I use it. Every and time. Get that good glossy black finish and yeah. every skillet I got, you can slide an egg out of. Every skillet you got is worth gold, Kent. Yeah. yeah. It's been around... 
you know, I have some pieces that were my mother's and my great-grandmother's, and some of them I don't cook in anymore, but I have some of the old collectible stuff that is, mm. I mean, it is, uh, I don't think you even have to know how to cook. You can just put it on the stove and put something in it, and it'll do the rest. Yeah, and it tastes good, right? <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I know that Shannon is the love of your life, and uh, she's an honorary Okie. Right. She grew up in Nevada and moved to Oklahoma. And I love at the start of the book where she talks about these Southern sayings that she's had to learn their translations after years of being married to an Okie. So now she understands your language. Right. So (laughs) if if you say I just have to cover a couple of them because we could all use a good a good giggle right now. Uh, If if you say um I'm hungrier than a one-winged chicken hawk. She knows that you meant I haven't had a thing to eat all day and I'm famished. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. And uh, uh, you know she came she came up with a lot of them. She'd say I don't know what you're what do you mean by that when you say it takes a big dog to weigh a ton. I said that's near an impossible task to complete. Yeah, right. And uh, I love that she's translating. Uh, If you say, skirt alert, better put a rock in your pocket, she knows that the wind is picking up, right? You you don't want to get blown away. Yes, and that happens often in Oklahoma. Well, it does that. It's blowing 40 mile an hour today. You know, on a calm day, we'll have a 20 mile an hour breeze. A breeze, uh, sure. always a skirt alert. Yeah, you gotta, you got to hold on to your hat. I cannot wait to make the chicken tater tot casserole. Maybe it's because your grandkids love it. You know, when... uh, we always cook something every day, whether we're working on a new recipe or a video, uh, and it never fails. Uh, them mm-hmm. grandkids show up every day to see what might have happened or what might have come out of a Dutch oven. Yep. And when we went to making the chicken tater tot casserole, now they uh, they said, you're, you're going to make this some more, aren't you? And I said, well, I'm not going to make any more of it today. Well, we didn't get enough. And I said, well, here's you the recipe. Go see what you can find out. <laughs> but that's how I always know it's good from cowboys to grandkids is when the plate is clean and when they want more. Oh, for sure. And then before I let you go, talk about Shannon's banana bread, please. Because, you know, as we've all been home, banana bread has been trending, right? Your bananas got overripe. Everybody has a signature yep. recipe. She makes a brown sugar banana bread. I can't wait to try. And I think her secret ingredient, if we asked her... She might say cream cheese. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the, the cream cheese in there gives it such a, to me, a lot more moisture, but also makes it really fluffy. Hmm. And uh, when she blended that in there and then she puts a good brown sugar crumble on top, uh, we buy bananas just to let them go bad so we can make it. Uh, because it, it is something that we take to a lot of people, hmm. uh, you know, if they've, had an illness in the family or you just want to help somebody out, that brown sugar banana bread is one that always goes. Now, I think most of your recipes fall under heartwarming, Kent, and it has been way too long. And I am so grateful to be able to hear your voice again, to talk to you, to feel your warmth. The book is so much from the heart. And Congratulations and kudos to you and Shannon, of course, for releasing um, another treasure trove of recipes from the Open Plains. Uh, These are uh, cowboy cook recipes that are tried and true and much loved, and you've shared them for all of our homes, and um, for that we are grateful. Well, Jane, I I thank you, honey, Mm, so much. Thank you. Uh, 
and I want you to give that new little one a hug for me. I will. One of these <laughs> days I'm going to get out there and uh, I'll cook you supper. I, I, but we appreciate the listeners just taking time. Uh, you know, you've always been a been a friend ever since I met you in 96. And it's a long just, time. Uh, honored to be a part of your show. Now I'm proud to call you my friend. Thank you. There is a place where family values are sacred and community ties are strong. And I will tell you that is anywhere that Kent Rollins hangs his hat with beautiful personal stories, a spiritual journey and family recipes strewn throughout the stars of the YouTube channel. Kent Rollins cowboy cooking are serving up spins on Southern and Western favorites in their new cookbook release. Please order it. Now it's called Faith, Family, and the Feast: Recipes to Feed Your Crew from the Grill, Garden, and Iron Skillet. It is written by Kent and Shannon Rollins, and you can learn more at kentrollins.com and follow him, of course, on social at the same. Kent, I send you big love. Uh, please give Shannon a hug for me, and I really do hope that our paths cross again soon. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Give that little and a squeeze for me. Okay, you got it. You stay healthy and well, please. All right. All right. Ma'am, and God bless you. And God bless you. We do have extraordinary friends on this show and the best culinary thinkers. And I will tell you, there is nothing better than lifelong friendships that are so much surrounded by true, fabulous food. That is Kent Rollins, no doubt. There's more right after this in your radio to really, truly feed your soul. Be right back. Life, create, and savor yours. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Do you cook in cast iron? Of course you do. Well, how about on the grill? Well, you should be. The glorious heat conduction of cast iron makes for incredible searing and crusts and flavor. And the exceptionally talented food blogger and cook that is David Leet has some delicious inspiration. So pull out that heavy skillet and fire up the barbecue. We are grilling in cast iron today. David Leet, the three-time James Beard award-winning food writer and the founder of LeetsCulinaria.com, where he shares hot food and dry wit, is also the author of The New Portuguese Table and Notes on a Banana. 
David is an expert on many things, his blog, of course, having been much adored for its deliciousness since 1999, and I'm very proud to have him as a culinary contributor to this show. He's back, and he's got lots of inspiration. And I love that you've already fired up the grill, David, because summer is already here. It is, even in Connecticut, where it's not nearly as warm as where it is, where you are. What is your best recipe, that's like asking a favorite child, in cast iron on the grill because I do agree with you we don't use great cooks alike mm-hmm. do not use cast iron enough on the barbecue I agree and this is a real point of contention for a lot of cooks and a lot of people who grill they think that if you're not grilling and cooking over an open flame then it's not really grilling and so yeah I understand but I think that there's something to be said for certain things I think are better in a skillet for instance a smash burger. You cannot do a smash burger it's on true. the grill. You smash it right through the grate. It's true. And it's the crust of that smash burger yes. that is yes. uh, unforgettable. I'd like to say. Yes. I want to go uh, back to the beginning. So let, okay. let's start at the beginning. Do you right. heat up your pan before you start to sizzle? Because I give mine ten minutes. On a hot grill or longer if I set the pan and then fire up the grill. How about you? Yes, you want to get it extremely, extremely hot. That's the most important thing because don't forget, smash burgers kind of originated in diners and where they had the, the cooktop. The yeah, flat the flat top, top, right. Exactly. So you want to mimic that. So you want to get it really, really, really hot. Of course, you've got to be careful and don't abs- absentmindedly pick it up with your hand because you'll be in trouble. So yes, you want to get it very, very hot. That's ingredient number one. Ingredient number two, now here's, here's the conundrum that you have, is that with a smash burger, you can get a great crust, but a lot of times you get a dry patty. Or you can have a really juicy patty, but you don't have that really great crispy crust. So what you want to do is you want to get real high heat, and you want to get a high fat content ground beef. Yes, like please. 60-40, mm, or yes. even a 50-50. Mm. Things like 90-10 or 80-20 the supermarket, those will be better for plain old cooking on the grill. Right. Um, or or meatballs or meatloaf or a yes. bevy of things. Uh, exactly. Meatloaf. Any of those things, that's fine. But to do a smash burger on the grill, you really want to have that higher fat. So therefore, when you smash it down, you're not losing a lot of that juice because it's so much fat in there that you're able to maintain the, uh, maintain the, the fat content sure. and that, that juiciness and get that great, great sear. Okay, so on the smash burger topic, do you mm-hmm. make uh, a big, thick, round patty? Give us the, the diameter and the thickness, and do you simply season salt and pepper? Because I am a purist when it comes to uh, add-ins in my burger, as in I don't add anything in. I agree with you. I start out with a, like a, a round ball. Okay. Well. Maybe about, I'd say, three inches in diameter. Like it's a nice, it cups in my hand really nicely. And that's what I start at because that's where you get the smash down. Yes. Because if you start with a flat one, you're only going to make it flatter and flatter. But when you have it as a ball, when you smash it down and it starts to flatten, that's where you're going to get that real surface and that real sear. And all I do, I don't even uh, season inside the meat. A lot of people will. Because sometimes I'll, I'll have the meat hanging out in the refrigerator. And if you salt it, you start to then... Uh, some of the uh, the water inside starts to get extracted, which I don't like. Right. So I will season it right before going on, and I season it really highly with salt and pepper. And then I do the searing, and I just let it go down and really sear. And when it gets that nice crust, I flip it, 
Mm. And then I throw on some cheese. Tell us what's coming up uh, new and fabulous on Leeds Culinaria. Well, Leeds Culinaria, we've got a bunch of things that are going up. Of course, now we're in the summer, so we have lots of pies coming up. Blueberry, right now on the site, we just put up tahini chocolate chip cookies. I mean, Ooh. it doesn't get any better than that. No, nothing tahini better. Tahini chocolate chip cookies. Nice. And then we have grilled pork skewers, talking about the, the grill, which is oh, absolutely nice. lovely. And I'm just going down looking. And then this is sort of, it's, it's basically on papillote, but it's using foil oh. and mushrooms, even though it's a little earlier in the season. But mushrooms done that way are just very good. smart. Something. I you think can do that in the grill. I was going to say, I think you could transport that foil packet to your backyard barbecue and make a mushroom smash burger. Exactly. And then what's wonderful is all the butter and the fat in there and the mm. flavor, and you just put it on top of the burger and Yummy. you're set. Dinner tonight. I love it. And I love talking food with you, David, as always. Thank you for coming back to share your passion. Uh, you can find David Leet's Daily Dish of Deliciousness at LeetzCulinaria.com. And then I, there is a shortcut. David, sure and I never remember it. It's it's not much of a shortcut then. It's lccooks.com. No, but that's that's because my computer automatically goes to leetsculinaria.com. Yes, you're bookmarked. <laughs> um, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of great taste. Well, at least I hope you thought so. This is a place for people who love to eat. So I hope you'll tune in every weekend and allow me to share my passion with you, of course. I'm delivering the world of food directly to your radio, and it's my great pleasure and privilege to do so. But don't go yet. Let me leave you with my last bite, as I call it, my last ounce or tidbit of gastronomic inspiration for this week. I love ceviche. Do you? There's something wonderful about really well-chilled ceviche during the hot summer months. And so I'm gearing up for a summer of ceviche. And I believe in my chef heart of hearts that a bold flavored salsa is the best way to enliven a simple ceviche. So you can serve it with tortilla chips or on top of greens, maybe for a healthy lunch or a first course. I make a salsa shrimp ceviche using lemon juice, lime juice, orange juice, uh, of course, peeled and deveined jumbo shrimp, and then a cucumber, some fresh cilantro, and chunky salsa. And there is just something truly fabulous about it. And I will share it with you, of course. The recipe will be posted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen, where I hope you'll become a friend and a fan. And I will meet you here next weekend when I do promise that there is lots more delicious dishes to be shared in your radio. Please stay healthy and well. Wear a mask. I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to eat well. <laughs>